This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 384, Training AI. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to gamesatwork.biz, your weekly technology podcast. We talk about all kinds of stuff from the worlds of gaming, virtual environments, and collaboration through work, technology, uh, and all kinds of other fun stuff. My name is Andy Piper, and this week I am joined by one of my co-hosts, Michael Rowe. Michael, how are you? Hey, Andy, I am well. I am so glad to be here talking tech with you this week. It's uh, It's been a week of tech, uh, and I want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it has. What, what, what tech's been out this week? I guess it's been well, some Apple stuff. Uh, there's been all kinds of, like, fruit stuff out this yeah. week, but, but I was just talking in general, right? I was doing uh, tech support for friends and family, and doing tech stuff at work, Got it. Mm-hmm. working at tech stuff in the evening, so uh, really, might as well talk tech. You're a very tech person, I can tell, just from your I, I'm uh, well-rounded. <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, I've, I've actually been playing with uh, with AI a little bit. Uh, we, we've talked about on the show before that I've been toying around with this one app for, gosh, years now. Actual information? Uh, is, Actual yes. information or alternative alternative idiocy okay yeah that works as well <laughs> um and uh so i've been working on this app for years it's kind of a pet project of mine uh to uh track greeting cards uh holiday cards that you're sending to people uh make sure you don't send the same one to someone twice um etc uh and uh, one of the f- ideas that i had a while back and i think he even talked about it briefly on the show here was to see if I could leverage AI and take a picture of the front of the card and suggest what type of card it is. Mm -hmm. And so for the last few years, I've been collecting um, pictures of cards, various cards of various types. And I I have a taxonomy that's based off of, um, if you go to Hallmark, Dot com right the hallmark cards uh which are big in the u.s i don't know how big they are around the globe uh but hallmark is a card company um and you can go and get different categories of cards so there's roughly 20 i'll say 20 round number card categories mm-hmm. so over the years i've been collecting various cards i've got um friends and families and other people who when they get cards and they've read them and thank the person for them or whatever. They rip the front off and they give me the front. Um, and so I've, I've been building a library of all the different types of cards uh, to use as training data to build this classifier that should be able to identify the type of card based off of taking a picture. Right. And I've got a, I've got, I think I'm close to a thousand, maybe 1500 different card images in my classifier. 
Have you still got all of the original um, cards as well? Have you got like a stack of 1,500? No, no, no. Uh, I, I have the ones that are to me. <laughs> right. But, you know, I'm not going to keep cards that somebody else got for somebody else. Uh, so, and, and there's a lot of, you know, um, nonprofits that if you donate them money, they'll give you cards uh, to send to people, etc. So there's lots of different cards out there. Um, so so this past week, I... I uh, I started working on my classifier to see how good it was, and it was it was actually really fun. So I'm I'm doing this um, in Xcode using uh, their uh, oh god what do they call it? I think it's uh, Core ML. Oh yeah, is their machine learning uh, algorithm or, or or libraries? And so you 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 take the data that you want. It's simple classification. You have a directory for each of the categories. Mm -hmm. And within that directory, you have the images that you're going to use for this image classifier. Um, It takes the data and then you decide what percent are you going to use to train the algorithm and what percent are you going to then use to validate the training data. Uh, and so I, I cranked through that. It didn't take too long, which tells me I probably don't have enough data uh, <laughs> to build the classifier. And then I decided to test it. And the way I tested it is I, I, I went to various websites that have cards, and I did a snapshot of a card, and I threw it into the classifier. I'm really, really good at identifying birthday and Christmas cards. <laughs> Which makes sense, you know, given family and friends and everybody else, they all have birthdays uh, and we tend to send each other Christmas cards. Um, so, so then I took a card that was a, a it was a Halloween card. Okay. Oh, that's bizarre right. to me. What is, what is the purpose yes. of a Halloween card? But Halloween okay. cards, squirrels in costumes. Weird. Right? Uh, to celebrate what? Uh, or what, What's the message? Halloween. Okay. Celebrate Halloweens. You know, happy Halloween. Okay. Because uh, yes. you don't get to go out and beg for candy anymore at a, after a certain age. So you send a card instead. Anyway, um, and that's a Christmas card with 73% certainty, according to my classifier. <laughs> uh, which, and, and its secondary thing other, was an anniversary card. What other Halloween <laughs> things did you have in your model already that was used to train it? I, I probably had 50. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Skeletons, pumpkin, jack-o'-lanterns, ghosts, squirrels, and costumes, right? So you would think um, – so so it's always interesting to me to figure out what the classifier identifies as those weighted items that it's going to use to identify something, right? Sure. Um, so, so one thing that really surprised me – because almost all my cards are in, in English. Okay. Uh, some are in Chinese and some of them are in German. And, you know, I have a couple other languages. Um, but I had a, an anniversary card that I was testing that on the cover said in plain English, happy anniversary. Right. Yeah. So you would think the image classifier might be able to capture that information and say, hey, there's a chance this is an anniversary card. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a Christmas card. Uh, <laughs> what was the image of? A Christmas tree? No, no. It was just, you know, kind of ye- yellows with flowers. Okay. I mean, if it were red and flowers, yeah. I could think maybe Christmas. Yeah. 
right? It didn't it didn't feel um, particularly so, Christmassy to look at, even if the words were taken. Away. No. It, okay. It, yeah. Weird. So so it's it's interesting. I knew this was going to be a challenge because, um, for example, the Humane Society has cards, uh-huh. and they're usually pictures of Labradors. Right. Yeah. Laboratory retrievers. Yep. Uh, and there might be snow in the background if it's a Christmas card. Okay. Right. And so, so I, I haven't tried taking a picture of a dog and putting it into the classifier yet, just to see what happens. <laughs> well, but but I find it really really interesting how how this works and you know how far. I have to go in collecting data. So, so you you weren't able to train a computer to recognize something that is real. Can yes. a computer persuade us that something else is real? Uh, well, the first first link we've got to talk about is about a virtual human, a hyper realistic, uh, in air quotes, hyper in in air quotes, a, a hyper realistic yes. virtual yeah. human. Um, I thought you were going to say they talk really fast and they run around and they you know had way too much coffee. Very quickly, I, I'm, we, I'm, I, we spoke about this briefly last week. Um, I have this Opal camera um, and I've been using it for my meetings this week, uh, my, my my online meetings. And I have a tendency apparently to use air quotes quite frequently. Now, one of the gestures for this camera is if I hold my hand up uh, with a sort of a V sign, as if uh, a peace sign, as if to sort of... Uh, just, well, if I hold my peace sign up with my two fingers, it will switch the camera on and off, which is very cool. But also, you kind of make a peace sign if you start your air quotes, air quotes? high up. So I accidentally been ca- switching oh, yes. my camera off this week. Anyway, so this is a hyper-realistic And virtual. by the way, very well demonstrated in our audio podcast. Yes, yes, exactly. Because <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> exactly. So a hyper-realistic, in, uh, in, in inverted commas, air quotes, or whatever you want, a virtual human called Anna, A-N-A, from a company called Crafton, um, and they're the company uh, known for pub uh, uh, player unknown battlefields, um, which um, I didn't actually know. I thought that was an individual um, developer originally, uh, but PUBG. Um, I, I thought so too. Um, evidently, is a company uh, now a company Crafton, and um, they've got a music video with Anna uh, in it uh, for a, a single called Shine Bright. And uh, it has it's all animated around and built around Anna, uh, and it's sort of you know they're looking for this to be a a virtual star, right? Because you know it's a virtual human, um, it's realistic. I, I've watched the video; it's uh, about three minutes long. It's very you know it's a nice poppy song, um, and it felt very sort of K-pop, J-pop kind of yep. style and feel to me. Um, one of the things, though, uh, and I, but I, I said before we started recording that I didn't feel like it was super realistic. There's some interesting details, and actually, well, this is what the story here on the Verge calls out. There's some interesting little details, like she sneezes uh, at a particular point, um, which you know you wouldn't necessarily build into a virtual character unless there was a purpose, of, like trying to look more realistic. Uh, but I felt like it was very video gamey. Um, like you know, very. I felt like it was Final Fantasy sort of fifteen, the, the most recent one, um, as good quality um, models as those, which are almost always um, motion captured as well. Um, you know, they're, they're sort so, of, so so that was the question I had. Yeah, was this motion? It captured? doesn't say so in this story. 
Um, so that is a really good question. Um, and um, uh, the the one thing that this also talks about this story is, and this I think is where where they link to the um, the AI that your training of your of your card classifier comes in. Um, it talks about singing being artificial intelligence driven, whatever that means exactly. It seems very uh, undefined, which is convenient. Um, <laughs> but I'm really confused about what that is meant to mean and what it actually. Does I mean does that mean that there is no human singing there? It's all computer generated, and and or does it mean that it is a human singing the song, but it's been modified by some kind of AI ML type situation? I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to dig deeper on that. I I, I will say you know the things that I found very well done were the physics. Which is getting better and better all the time, right? Hair movement, cloth movement, oh yeah, uh, etc. Is is right? Like you said, you know, Final Fantasy fifteen, uh, uh, computer generated graphics for movies. I mean, it's really high quality. Um, given, I have not heard the video yet. Right? Okay, uh, I've I've been trying to be good and watch it without sound mm-hmm. uh but I, I it'll be interesting to find out what they mean by the by the singing is it they generated the pitches yeah. you know, kind of auto-tuned mm-hmm. it that's what i was wondering right? yeah uh did they write the lyrics did they have the lyrics written and then used ai to say based off of the lyrics and the sound of the music that we're using this is what the vocal pitches should be and actually build the melody Right, that could be interesting too, but we won't know uh, unless we dig deeper. Yeah, it's a it's a fresh story. Very interesting. It, it came out yesterday. Um, it was published on the Verge yesterday. I haven't really dug into it to understand what that means. I don't know whether there's any more information or whether it is just a uh, a headline or a, a, a soundbite. Uh, but uh, Epred shared something in the same vein with us um, around using computer generation and computer models to build things and this is really pretty cool um uh, the other michael pretty stunning. Uh, the other michael who is not with us this week uh to record but um the three of us i think have all agreed that this is uh remarkable so uh ian shared with us a tweet from krenautican um, which embeds a youtube video um, entitled recreating jurassic park on a playstation uh and the description is i recreated the t-rex breakout scene from Jurassic Park, the first one, I think. Um, I'm pretty certain. Yes. Um, it using, is the first. Using nothing but my PlayStation and a controller. Um, and they are using the game Dreams, the the, the engine Dreams, um, on the PlayStation to to do this. Now... Uh, and, and, and he also used part of it in VR, actually with the PlayStation VR goggles on uh, when he was editing it, which just blew me away, right? So this is the scene where the T-Rex um, breaks out of the, the fences because the fences get switched off. The, uh, the, the, yep. the the park is... Jurassic Park is offline. Um, this, or, or whatever the... Where, where the lawyer's sitting on the loo, on the loo and gets right. eaten by that's the T-Rex. Right. Um, but anyway, they've, they've got the, the, the Jeeps uh, sort of broken down and then um, it, it's, it's incredible, really. And the thing that struck me is... So I think there's two things that struck us as a group. That, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. But one of one of them is 
wow that you've done this in dreams and you've spent ages doing this in dreams because you're using a PlayStation controller and there's probably some slightly easier ways to manipulate those objects. But also, in 1991, I want to say one or two, when, when, when the Jurassic Park, the first movie, came out, this was insanely cool and amazing stuff to watch. It was one of those movies that... Um, similar to the first Lord of the Rings movie, um, and in fact, going back to Star Wars, you know, it's one of the and, and Superman, the originals in the eighties. You know, they're, they're one of those movies which was a uh, imagination breaker. You know, it was like, wow, yeah, this game is game changing. It, absolutely, this is incredible. And okay, we are thirty years forward from there, the, the, the release of that movie. Um, but was it ninety four? You've just looked it up, I think. 1990. 90. Okay, I was I was in the right Which ballpark. Which blows me away. I said 1990. So yeah, so so 32 years ago, um, that this was you know top end movie magic, and now you can do this yourself on a PlayStation in your living room with you know a top end PlayStation, but it's still incredible. It's still incredible and wonderful, and really it shows what we can get to in another 30 years, or, or imagine start to imagine where we can get to. Should we talk about what we can well, do today instead, as well as as well as that? With, uh, well, with, with I, I just want to hit one more yeah, thing on please. AI because we, we we talked about this one uh, at least uh, the the site the um, what is it uh, dries deporter? Oh yeah, yeah. Right, uh, about a year or so ago, I remember us talking about this. Maybe even before that, um, uh, this individual had created a website that was monitoring one of the parliament feeds. I think for the Dutch parliament, and would identify in real time any time one of the par- parliamentarians were sitting there playing with their cell phone. Right, uh, <laughs> uh, and you know, feeding into the whole idea of machine learning. Uh, and and the latest project that he's showing is using um, AI and open cameras, you know, street cameras Mm -hmm. that are floating around, being able to identify how specific Instagram pictures were taken. So it's it's funny if if you watch the video, you'll see what looks like a really, you know, the picture on Instagram, you know, person standing by themselves in front of this building and right outside of the frame in like multiple directions from all these camera angles are people trying to rush by, right? And it just shows you how, uh, yes, we know how staged they are, right? We know that, but it's just, it's all about timing. It's all about using AI to reverse engineer when something took place, which I think has incredible, Usage for spycraft, <laughs> for for any type of homeland security or whatever. This is showing you taking that same technology and you know a guy or a few people putting it up themselves with publicly available data source. This is um, quite a famous. Uh, the one that's in the uh, tweet that we've got uh, in our show notes is the image is from uh, outside a p- famous pub in Dublin called the Temple Bar um, on te- on Temple Bar. And uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see, you know, the posed picture on the left with the with the animation on the right hand side of uh, her standing in various places and having things redone. And it's uh, it's it's very cool. Yeah, I, I we'd seen I'd seen this and we started to talk about it before we started recording. And Michael pointed out that it related to that previous project, um, same person using those uh, yeah. camera images to figure out what was going on. Very very cool. 
Well, but there are some new things this are week. Are there? Are there? What's new? What's happening? What's, uh, what, are you, what are you been I, interested in this I understand. Week? And you you and I have been, been uh, chatting about this uh, before the show and earlier this week, you know, on who did or did not buy the new Shinies. Hmm. But uh, I've, I've got friends who've let me know that their, their iPhone 14s have arrived today. Oh. Uh, earlier this week, iOS 16 arrived. Today, iOS 16.0 Point one has arrived. <laughs> Only for the new, uh, the new shiny, though, right? It was specific to the new right, shiny, right? Because if you don't, if you don't have this, you may have problems activating your new shiny. Awkward. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, but uh, um, I. I the the article and you and I both came at this one. I, I didn't realize you had uh, pinged it into our chat earlier this week, and I found it the other day too. Uh, I've always enjoyed the Mac Stories review that mm. comes out. Right as iOS comes out, uh, Federico Vitici, uh, who I did meet ever so briefly at WWDC oh, a couple of years cool. back. Yeah, yeah, him and Mike and uh, what's the other guy's name? <laughs> There's three of them that do their podcast. Okay. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, and uh, um, he has historically done really crazy deep dives, fifty thousand, sixty thousand word reviews of the new iOS, right? He spends the whole summer working on it. This year, it's only 37,000. <laughs> so he's really cut back. Um, and, and it's actually, yes, it's long, but it is a good deep dive in what's new and why should you or should you not care. Uh, I, I find his reviews are, are fascinating. I spend the whole summer playing with the beta and I don't find half this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, um, it's some... Um... Yeah, to be honest, um, it's 15 pages, 14 pages of sort of meaningful content, I would say, because the last couple are credits and, and summaries, but 14 pages, long pages with screenshots. Um, yes. I haven't read every word yet. Uh, I've been sort of s scrolling through a couple of pages a night um, as I sit down and uh, have dinner or something just to, to, to catch up on some reading. And um, certainly there's a lot of little things I've discovered from going through this review um, and uh, and his deep dive and some of the... I like the way that he is assessing things in a broader context, not just like, yes. let's look at all the new stuff this can do. He's looking at where we've come from and where this could be going uh, and the last time that changes of this type or magnitude or kind may have been made. Really the sort of the question being, you know, when was the last time your device surprised you? Right. Um, when was the last time it delighted you, surprised you, you discovered something that made you sort of just happy? Um, so there's, there's some. I, I was really interested because it upended my thought process around iOS 16. I started using it at the end of last week um, in the last public beta because they'd already announced that it was coming and I knew it was going to be pretty solid by then. So I thought, well, let's go for it. Um, I've got the extra few days over other people to learn what's going on, what's new. And, and I remember your reaction was meh. It still is pretty much meh. In fact, there's one thing that I'm really, really frustrated about. We'll come back to in a moment. But um, but yeah, his um, his angle on the customization, um, especially when coupled with the focus, changed my thinking about it quite a lot. Um, I thought meh to the home screen widgets. And I, I'm gathering that I've only seen the first part of it because there's the live activities to come. And uh, I haven't 
try that many of these widgets yet uh, and they could expand it in the future so it does make more sense from that perspective i find it interesting my experience is when an app upgrades and set in the release notes it says hey we've got home screen widgets i have to open the app in order for those widgets to start showing up on the and i said home screen i meant lock screen uh as available to add to the lock screen so that's a bit surprising you don't i don't just discover these things um when i next go to customize my lock screen i have to know that an app has them open the app just to sort of presumably register the components that the lock screen needs to know about That's exactly it yeah so i have not when, when i, I, when I, I added i know some stuff sometimes I, I i know a little bit about how apps and stuff do you, stuff. you have a little bit of a techie yeah. Uh, but, but but by the way, two two quick things. Call back to earlier in the show. I misread the wiki article. Jurassic Park came out as a movie in 1993. It came out as a book. Book 90. There you go. Okay. So either way, I was in the right ballpark. Still early 90s. And and second, when when I added um, home screen widgets to my Waste of Time app. It took me a while to realize that when I was debugging, I was like, where the hell are my widgets? Right, right, right. You've got to open the app. Yeah. <laughs> right? You, you actually have I to hadn't open noticed the app it with, for, bizarrely, for it never, to register them. I'd never noticed it with the home screen widgets for some reason, but I do with, did it with the lock screen anyway, um, which brings me... So that was a slight frustration, but the big frustration I have is the muscle memory I have around notifications and notifications oh, having... Yes. I don't get that. Because I, it, it seems to me now that in order to get to my notifications, I have to lock the phone, tap the phone to wake it up, and then sort of swipe up, in which case I'm on my lock screen, and my, 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 my notifications are uh, bubbling up from the bottom or coming scrolling up from the bottom, but I'm on my lock screen. So why anybody could pick up my phone when it's locked and start scrolling through my notifications. I've always had all of that sort of access from lock screen stuff switched off. I'm, I'm so finding did they, it... I, I haven't... I'm finding it really difficult to get back to 90% of the time when I pull down from the top middle, I'm getting, getting up, locking the phone or going to the, going to the search, uh, you know, the, the, the Siri search thing in me, what's it at the top. Um, I'm not always getting it just pulling down from the middle of the top when it's unlocked, giving me my notifications. And as I understand it, and I think according to this, uh, this, this um, deep dive as well. They do. They are intended to now come up from the bottom and not come down with it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really confused about what's going on there, and I'm not happy about it. Um, and um, I haven't spent a lot of time double checking to see if I'm doing something wrong because I'm probably holding it wrong. Let's be honest. I'm probably <laughs> putting my yes. hand in the wrong place, and that's why I'm not getting any phone calls. Well, I, I. I disable most notifications because mm, mm. uh, it takes me out of what I'm doing too much. So uh, it's why I am slow to react on message threads, on Slack, other things, because I, I would just get bombarded with notifications mm -hmm. and I don't like the notifications. So I, I changed my my home my lock screen to just have a number. Yeah. There are six notifications, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I... Don't have any notifications on my phone right now. I was trying to test it mm. while you were while mm. you were talking by going to the top left and pulling down, which is how you used to get them. Uh, but I have no notifications, so that didn't help. I, and I, going up from the bottom didn't help. Not and, yeah. So I, I'm probably doing something wrong, uh, but it's not. 
I don't know. I'll, I'll, there's two more things that we wanted to talk about in terms of um, yep. the new release. Uh, one of them is an app that you, I think, shared with us, which, again, for me has been meh, but you seem to be interested in, which is uh, an app called Lockflow, which is the ability to add shortcuts to the lock screen and presumably kick things off. Um, yep. Now, the thing which, that which I'm really interested in, I haven't played with it much yet, so well, so I can't really give a good review, but there is an article here about it. Well, so the thing detail. that I found interesting, calling back to the Mac Stories review, the deep dive, is actually the change to shortcuts and the, this concept of app shortcuts now that they can kind of auto-populate in short, shortcuts as, as actions, uh, almost, um, which, which I hadn't been aware of. But it seems like not that many apps yet have upgraded to offer those kind of uh, activities. Yeah, I haven't uh, I'm not convinced yet by I've got a few apps that would let me you know, launch my camera into that into the Halide for example I can now launch Halide directly from the lock screen if I wanted to not sure I want to um, generally again I wanted if I want my phone locked I have my phone locked and I don't want to just then start right. accidentally tapping things and taking a picture of the inside of my pocket or whatever I wherever I have my phone um, so so far that hasn't appealed to me but the other piece we had was um, Matthew Casanelli Cass- who um, doesn't isn't he a yeah he, he teaches shortcuts that's right I thought he was at uh, he's yeah. at iMore right so he's at one of the other so I, I thought so. he was a shortcuts guy so he's uh, got this I think this was the first time I got the hint about how I could use the new feature in photos where you can tap on the primary object in an image and sort of cut it out. Um, and he's got a link yeah, I, to... That was one of the first things I tested with the beta when it came okay. out this summer. I remember messaging people with, with like weird pictures because I was grabbing things out of pictures and throwing them in iMess. So this is um, somebody who's posted a TikTok to show... Um, you know what he's wearing every day and basically cutting and pasting himself or just just himself doesn't matter what the background is just his outfit Mm -hmm. into into a note so he's kind of got a gallery of of all of his outfits which is kind of neat um and matthew then goes on to matthew Casanelli then goes on to create a shortcut around it uh which is amazing (laughs) Um, yeah, cool, cool feature. Seems to work really well in the 10 times I've tried to use it so far. Haven't yet come up with a good reason to use it myself, but I'm sure I will. Uh, and I, again, it's one of those things that I expect that once I've got the full set of iOS, iPadOS, and macOS, it will be a lot more useful because I've been doing clever stuff in des- desktop apps. Yeah. So we've got a couple of things to close out on. Um, quick hits i guess so we've got another tweet um tweet all the good stuff's coming from twitter this week it seems or a lot of it is um ian bogost on uh twitter posted a tweet that we all kind of uh laughed at he's a contributing <laughs> contributing yes. writer on the atlantic and he's tweeted a an image presumably from a from a, an email possibly a marketing email um chipotle emailed him to say today Chipotle became the first restaurant brand to officially unveil a new menu item in the metaverse in in, in Roblox and uh, <laughs> Ian's response to that was that that's been happening for 20 years so just you know go away yes. and don't be ridiculous which yeah I mean definitely probably even more than that it's just when do you define the beginning of the meta right there you go 
I'm what you, and we talked about this what last week or two weeks ago, three weeks ago, how the not ten years the ever ago. ongoing the first first metaverse. marketing thing. That's what comes up in all these spaces. We're gonna get there and market, even if we have nothing. So um yeah, and what what are we what are we ending on then? We've got this uh, Kickstarter I shared. We got this really cool Kickstarter. Tell us about it. What is it? Well, uh, you know, uh, I I play games that require many different shaped dice. I see. I think you've played games that require many different shaped dice. In the past, once or twice. And we talked about um, the company... Um, oh, God, what is their name? This isn't the same... I thought this was the same company. Uh, anyway, company so Co. there's a company in Atlanta. Company yeah. Co. Limited, yeah. Incorporated... Etc. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, they have come out with a new set of dice. These are crystalline dice, so clear with gold numbers inside, like a dragon's hoard. Uh, they're called the bookworm dice, and they come in a little book with a little. I think the little wooden dragon figure comes with it. Mm. So, so you have a dragon hoarding their golden dice in a book. But don't they also, in fact, have? A piece of book in them. They actually have book pages embedded they, they inside do. them. They've ripped up a book, which is probably not a good thing. Well, unless they printed the book just to be ripped up, just to put it in the dice, which we wouldn't mind so much. Yeah, I, I, I guess I guess it does depend on what uh, what the context You're, is. It's not a dragon, by the way. It's a bookworm worm. That's the. That's why it's the bookworm well, project. Well, a wyrm is a type of dragon. Yeah, I guess. Without legs, right? That's bookworm, but yeah. Um, so yeah, you're so right. It's, uh, uh, it does I, I come with it, that. but only if, only for the early supporters. So get in now and go find uh, the project. Get in now, and you can little piece of wood that looks uh, like a. It's already doubled their their, their <laughs> target, and they've still got another thirty days to go. So it's pretty likely that this is going to happen. Yeah, I I saw a couple other really cool dice. Um, Kickstarters or Etsy's or whatever uh, in the last week. One of them was uh, ones with flowers inside. Oh, cool. Very colorful flowers. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, uh, there was one... Oh, uh, there was an update to uh, Dice by Peacalc, uh that had some really cool graphics that he's changed. Uh, black dice with red lettering that oh, I nice. thought was kind of cool because those are my two favorite colors. Um Etc. So uh, dice were kind of all over this week, and they they kept popping up. So when I saw this one in our feed to discuss, I figured we had to talk. About Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and roll a, a d20, end on a one, um, and end up having to close out the show. Oh, nah, a natural one. Yeah. That's that's never good when you roll that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, it's been a pleasure. If you, if if you you are listeners roll a d20 and want to want to drop us a nice review uh roll a d20 and give us a review based off the number that comes off the dice yeah let's do that let's uh, let's hope that it's on a, nice a scale one. from one to five yeah. if you run a roll a one you can give us a one that's fine yeah okay but otherwise you got to go two three four five or five 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 all the way up to 20 i like the i like the idea well michael it's been great uh hanging out i look forward to hanging out again soon um in the meantime absolutely i gotta run so uh i'll say see ya bye 
You've been listening to GamesAtWork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at GamesAtWork underscore biz or at our website at GamesAtWork.biz. Music